Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. do want to uh, encourage you on Sunday morning. Uh, you don't want to miss Sunday morning. I, most of y'all were here Sunday. Uh, I tell you, God has just really been releasing uh, a fresh anointing power on Sunday morning. and uh, So you don't want to miss Sunday morning. So bring somebody with you. And uh, we're looking forward to a great move of God. Take your Bible and turn with me to the book of John once again, John chapter 14. Uh, John chapter 14. And I want to, uh, I'm going to read uh, verse 6. Uh, and then we're going to, we're going to uh, digress a little bit and go back up, but Verse 6, we've been talking about the seven statements of Christ, the seven I am statements of Christ. Uh, one of the things about this series that we've been on it, that I want you to understand is my observations of, of culture and, and church, the church culture that we're living in today is that I'm afraid that many times people come to Jesus uh, for the wrong reason. And, and you say, well, they come, and that's, that's, that's all that matters. They just need to come. Uh, but but here's, here's what I'm talking about. If you come to Jesus, and, and I believe in bringing all, you, all you've got, all your trash and all your mess, you bring it to Jesus. But if you come to Jesus... And I'll just use a, a, a crazy example. If you come and you say, Lord, I, I need you to pay my light bill uh, and, and I'll serve you and, and uh, because I need my light bill paid, I'm going to the altar this morning, I'm going to pray. Uh, you, you go to the altar, you pray, you have uh, uh, an experience uh, with God, you, you cry a little bit and all that and you walk away and... and uh, your light bill gets paid the next month and you're praising God and, and thanking God, well, God, you paid my light bill and that's, that's awesome. Well, the next month rolls around and, and the same thing. You need a light bill paid and, and you go down to the altar and you begin to pray. God, did it, you did it the first time, so I'm praying for it to be done the second time. Well, the second time, though, it doesn't happen. The light bill doesn't get paid uh, and, and the lights get turned off. Well, the lights are off now, and you're angry with God because he didn't get your light bill paid. Now, here's what I'm talking about. If you had had a relationship with God outside of the light bill, you would understand his depth of love and commitment to you that goes way beyond paying a bill. You see, there are a lot of people tonight that I believe that have an experience with God based upon a need that they've had that they need God to move in, but they don't have relationship with God and they don't understand his love for them and, and they don't understand how to walk in faith. And because of that, the relationship is, is absent 
in their lives. It's almost uh, like uh, falling, uh, saying you're in love uh, with somebody and you're going to marry them uh, because you slept with them out of wedlock. And, and you're not really in love, you're just, you're just in lust. I hope you understand what I'm saying. And what I'm saying tonight, guys, is that when you get a relationship with Jesus Christ, there's not enough demons in hell that can pull you away from him. There's not enough power of evil in this world that can rob you of that relationship. You will have that relationship whether, whether the sun is shining or whether the rain is, is falling. You'll have that relationship. So these seven I am statements that Christ made are about relationship with him. It's not about all the stuff that, that uh, uh, the, the lights, the bells, and the whistles. It is down in the dirt. It is hardcore relationship with Christ. And it's no different tonight that we're going to talk about Jesus being uh, the way, the truth, and the life. In John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Now, go back up to verse 1, uh, and I'm sure you've, you've seen this and, and you already know this, uh, but I'm preaching to myself tonight, and, and so... I need the blessing so you can just sit and, and kind of uh, drag through it, and, but I'm going to get the blessing, all right? Now, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And in John chapter 14 and verse 1 is a scripture that you use, that you hear quoted a lot at funerals, and things such as that. Uh, Jesus said to his disciples, and he was, he was right at the door of going to the cross. Uh, all of his life had been spent step by step getting closer to the cross, the reason that he came to this earth. And now he's right at that door. And, and it's going to be just a short time that he's going to be betrayed, he's going to be uh, beaten, and they're going to put him on the cross. And Jesus is saying uh, his farewell words to his disciples in John 14, 15, 16, and 17 are the farewell words of Christ to his disciples. Verse four, uh, Chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus said, now picture this, if I were Jesus and you were my disciples, Jesus would be standing there and, and he would look out at his disciples and he would say, guys, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. You, want, you might wonder why I started off and said what I did a while ago about relationship versus experience. When Jesus said this, let not your heart be troubled. He was talking about 
that word troubled means don't let your heart be stirred up. Don't let your heart be agitated uh, like, like stirring water in a pool or something. Uh, don't let, in other words, don't let your mind and your, your, your spirit be stirred up, troubled with various emotions. So he's looking out at his disciples and he says, guys, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, guys, I want you to understand that, that I'm about to, you're about to see some things happen to me that's gonna really pull at your heart. It's gonna try, yeah, and, 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 and I go on to paraphrase this, Jesus looked at him and said, I want you to understand that, that what you're about to see happen to me might cause you to think that I'm weak. It might cause you to think that I'm not who I said I was. I know, Peter, you, you saw me when I stood on the, on the bow of the ship and I spoke to the, the storm and the waves and I told the, the wind to cease and the waves to calm down and they did that and all that. And, and I, I know, Peter, you, you, you saw that, but I want you to understand that what you're about to see happen to me might cause you to question that. So don't let your heart be troubled. Do you, do you see what I'm saying there? Don't let, don't let your spirit get messed up. And, and the reason I started what I did uh, at first is, guys, it is, it is the thing, that's what Jesus was saying, that you're about to go through some trials, but know where your relationship is. Know, know who you're holding on to in the midst of your battle. Don't lose sight of who I am in the midst of the storm. Now, we're a Wednesday night crowd, so, so no, none of us would ever do that. None of us would ever get in the midst of a storm and in the midst of a battle and, 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 and worry about, God, where are you? God, what's going on? Where, Lord, I, I'm praying and I need some help here, and, but I don't understand where you are, Lord. None of us would ever do that. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also now I'm going to stop right there because I want to, to just bring this into perspective remember what we're talking about now Jesus said in John chapter 14 verse 6 I am the way I am the truth and the life no man comes to the father but by me now Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I want you to look at that word believe because that word believe means to be persuaded or to rely on or to trust in. All right? Now, actually, that word believe captures 
what we know as New the concept of New Testament faith. When Jesus used that word believe, he was, he was capturing the whole concept of what we call faith. And what he was talking about, he said, if you believe in God, believe also in me. In other words, he was saying, I want you disciples to be fully convinced, fully convinced in acknowledging who I am. In other words, remember guys, I'm, I'm, Jesus said, I'm fixing to leave here. I'm fixing to go to the cross and, and uh, you're gonna see me hanging between heaven and earth with a, with a beaten, bloody body and, and all of these thoughts are gonna come at you about am I really who I said I am? So if you believe in God, believe also in me. In other words, I want you to be fully convinced of who I am. Secondly, I want you to understand that the word believe means to have a self-surrendering fellowship with me. And number three, that word believe means to have, uh, to be fully assured and have an unswerving confidence in God. In other words, when Jesus said to his disciples, if you believe in God, if you're fully convinced that he is God, if you have an unswerving, unwavering faith about you that says, I know who he is, then believe also in me. Then the same belief that you have in God, I want you to have in me. All right? And then he goes on down uh, and uh, he says, if it were not so, he said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Now, look at this. Jesus spoke of a specific place. And that place was my father's house. He said about his father's house, he said, in my father's house are many mansions. So we know that, that what Jesus was talking about there, he was talking about heaven. Isn't that right? We know that. He was talking about heaven. Now, I want to go back to a little bit about what I talked about earlier. Listen, what do you, let me ask you this. Do you have a heavenly perspective in your relationship with God? And by saying, asking that question, do you have a heavenly perspective? What I mean is, are you more concerned with what's going on here than about making it there? If I were to ask you tonight, what is God more concerned about? What happens here or what goes on up there? I can assure you that Jesus is more concerned when he looks at Hercules. He's more concerned when he looks at Willinette or he's more concerned when he looks at Brother Anthony. He is more concerned about you guys getting up there than he is you faring well down here. Well, Pastor, I just want you to know God wants me to prosper, be in good health down here. Yes. Yes, he does. 
But more than that, he wants you to get to heaven. More than, more than he wants you to have money and success down here, he wants to know that you're going to spend eternity with him. And I want you to know, guys, and I'm going to try not to preach here, but I want you to understand that when you get a perspective of heaven in your walk with God, everything else will begin to pale in comparison. All these other little trials and struggles and battles that I go through on a daily basis, they won't, they won't tear my faith down and they won't destroy my hope in him and, and they, won't, they won't rob me of my joy because I'm not, I, listen, I'm not getting my joy because of the money that I've got in the bank or I don't have and, and I'm not getting my joy from the fact that I can walk around and, and breathe and see and talk. My joy comes from the fact that I know that Jesus Christ is on the inside of this old boy and he changed me. He pulled me out of sin and he changed my life. He washed me off. I was in there with the hogs and he pulled me out and he washed me and he cleaned me and he made me a new creature in Christ and I'm on my way to heaven. Yeah, one clap there, brother. That's good. You see, Jesus Jesus didn't, didn't stand there that day and give his disciples a prosperity message. Nothing wrong with prosperity message. But Jesus wasn't one to mince words. He wasn't one to try to pe preach a popular message. He told people how to get to heaven. That was his message. I'm telling you how to get to heaven. You see, our culture has changed it around. We want to tell people how to get a Coke out of the Coke machine. We want to tell people how to get a dollar out of the ATM. But Jesus is telling us tonight, I want you to know how to get to heaven. I want you to understand how to make it to heaven because you're just passing through here. This is temporary. I'm just walking through the land, Abraham. I'm just, I'm just on my way through the land. I'm not gonna stay here. I might spend the night here tonight, Lord's willing, but tomorrow I might be up there. But I want you to know that when I get up there, I will never leave there again. When I get up there, I will never, I will never be robbed. Death will never rob me anymore. So, Jesus was talking about a specific place, his father's house. Thus, verse 6, he said, I am the way. Well, where are you going? To the father's house. I am the way. Jesus said, I'm the way to the father's house. Secondly, Jesus spoke of or affirmed that what he was saying was truth. He said, if it were not true, I would have told you so. In other words, Jesus was saying, guys, I want you to understand that I'm not just playing games here. If it wasn't true, I would tell you. But I'm telling you the truth. I am the way. I told you a place. I've given you a place to go. And now I'm telling you that it's the truth. Don't doubt it. Don't back up from it. 
because it's absolute truth. And then Jesus spoke of going to that place. He, he spoke of going to his father's house, uh, to heaven, to prepare a place for us. Uh, I've heard many, many people say different things about him preparing us a place uh, in heaven. But you know what I believe is this. That in the Old Testament, when the priest would, would bring a lamb or uh, an offering for uh, a sacrifice, they would, they would kill the animal and take the blood of the animal. And once he got the blood of that animal, he would go into the holy place, the holy of holies, and sprinkle the blood on the, on the altar. And I believe that when Jesus died on the cross, he took his blood and he ascended to the throne of heaven and he stepped out before the Father. And, and I can see as he steps out before the Father because you see the earthly tabernacle of Moses was just a pattern of the heavenly tabernacle. See, the, the tabernacle wasn't invented by Moses. Moses didn't have a patent on it. God gave him a pattern to build the earthly tabernacle here because it was patterned after the heavenly. And I believe that Jesus went and stood before the Father and said, Father, here's the blood. Here's the sacrifice that I've shed that opens the way so that Hercules can come in under the covering of my blood. In other words, Jesus said, Father, here's the blood. Now the way has been prepared so that he can come. That's what he meant by I'm going to prepare a way for you that where I am, you can be there also. The only way we can get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. There are no other ways, guys. There are no other ways. And only through his blood can we get there. What a better way, what better way to get to a place that we've never been than to follow somebody who's already been there. The reason that I follow Jesus is because he's already been there. Listen, I know what it's like to follow a tom-tom. All right? I know what a tom-tom will do. Like Jerry Clower with that, that, that uh, coon dog that, that treed a coon and there wasn't no coon up the tree and the man shot the dog and said, uh, or the monkey shot the dog and said, I hate a lion coon dog. Well, I felt like shooting my tom-tom over in the middle of Mississippi in the middle of nowhere down a, a logging road that I was dumb enough to follow that tom-tom down in there. And... So, but I follow Jesus because he knows where he's going because he's been there before. Now listen, when we talk about this heavenly perspective, Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life, in the book of Ephesians chapter two, 
I want you to turn there, Ephesians chapter 2, and look with me at uh, verse 19, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. So the household of God is that heavenly concept. It's that, that perspective of, of what you and I are a part of. We're a part of, of the household of God. There's going to be a day that, that God is going to come and gather those who belong to him, and we're, we're out of here on our way to heaven. I've often wondered how uh, uh, men like Peter and James and John and Matthew and Mark and, and, and others like uh, uh, that, that gave them their lives that were martyrs for the gospel of Christ and how could they do that? How could they, they uh, stand and, and like Isaiah uh, and be sawn in two in the middle of a hollow log and, and things like that? What, what caused them to do that? What caused Peter, you know, to... Uh, we, we know what caused him to, to doubt that and to say that I never knew Christ and, and to deny him. We know what caused him to do that because he, he wasn't as uh, big in faith as he thought he was. But, but then, my goodness, they go uh, into the upper room in Acts chapter 2 and, and, and have an experience with God, an encounter with God, and, and Peter comes out and, and begins to preach the gospel. And then Peter winds up saying, man, don't even crucify me right side up. Turn me upside down if you want to do it because I'm not worthy to die like my Savior did. See, I believe that it's because they had a heavenly perspective. Maybe Peter, before he gave his life for the gospel, maybe Peter went back to John chapter 14 and said, I remember the day that Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I go to pre I'm going to prepare you a place. In my father's house are many mansions. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. You see, guys, what I'm telling you tonight is the bedrock of our faith. It, it is the bedrock of our faith. It is why Jesus came. Jesus wants us to be with him eternally. He wants us to be with him eternally. And in, uh, in Ephesians 2 and, and verse 19, he said, you're no more strangers and foreigners, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Go to Hebrews chapter uh, 13 and look with me at verse 14. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 14. And let's look at that. I want to give you some scripture uh, because I, I, it is so important. It is so important, guys, that we understand that, that Jesus came and died in order to get you and I from this earth to an eternal home with him. Every time, every time I, I the other day, I, I had the opportunity to go and visit 
uh, this lady that's that's uh, that's on the verge of of leaving uh, this earth, and she's uh, she's uh, not doing good. and And I walked in the room where she was, and 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 I walked up to her bed, and and I spoke her name. And when I spoke her name, she reached out and took me by the hand, and she just grabbed grabbed my hands with both of her hands and she was just rubbing my hands and she can't talk and and I didn't I didn't think she could recognize me and I said do you recognize me and she shook her head and she was just rubbing my hand and I began to look at those hands and I began to ask myself the question how many meals did these hands cook how many times did she reach out and help somebody and love somebody? And, and I began to think about, you know, uh, these old bodies that are, that are breaking down and they're deteriorating uh, on a constant basis. And, and I began to look at her hands and, and God just began to speak to me about, about the hands, that, the, the hands of mercy and, and how many times that she had, she had helped people with those hands and all that. And, 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 and as I was standing there talking to her, God I began to, to just move in my spirit. Uh, son, these hands have worked and labored on the earth, he said, but I'm fixing to take her to a place where the labor of the hands will cease. I'm gonna take her to a place where she won't have to worry about washing dishes anymore. She won't even need a dishwasher. He said, I'm taking her to a place this old body won't suffer breakdown anymore. Wrinkles won't happen no more. Age spots won't happen no more. I'm going to take her to a place where all things will be made new. Listen, in Hebrews uh, chapter 13 and verse 14, uh, Paul said this, for we have, for, for here have we no continuing city but we seek one to come seeking one to come listen that was the heart of everybody in the New Testament in the Bible they, they, they were looking for heaven they were hungry for heaven and desiring to get to heaven you remember the story of Stephen in Acts chapter 7 and, and verse uh, 56, the Bible says that they had taken Stephen and uh, because, because of the gospel, and they had taken Stephen and, and they were stoning Stephen in Acts chapter 7. And as they were, they were throwing the stones at Stephen, the Bible says in verse 56 that Stephen looked up and saw the heavens opened. And guess who he saw? at the right hand of the Father, the one that said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Wouldn't that be awesome? That the last thing you see on this earth is Jesus Christ standing on the right hand of the Father. And then Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the truth. And in Romans chapter 1 and verse 25, 
If you want to turn there with me, I want to read a scripture there. And, and I'm going to uh, pull up to the dock and dock the boat. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 25, now Jesus had already said, I'm the way. In other words, if you want to get to heaven, this is the way. I'm, I'm the one you need to follow if you want to get to heaven. And then he said, I, I, am, I am the truth. Now, the reason I want to look at Romans 1 and verse 25, because it is a picture of what's happening in our culture today. And I just want to jump right in the middle of it. it says that there are those who change the truth of God into a lie. Change the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Now what Paul is saying there is this, that when they changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, what Paul is saying was that they didn't do away necessarily with parts of it, but they changed it so that it would better accommodate their idolatry. What he was saying was that, that it can still have God attached to it by name, but it can be my idol and it can feed my idolatry. Thus it becomes a lie. Because if you can't, listen, you can't take anything away from God without robbing God of truth. It, it doesn't matter, listen, it doesn't matter if I agree or disagree with God's word. When God's word says, I've got to love my neighbor as I love myself, then there's no option there that let that says, but if, if your neighbor is like this, you don't have to love him. You see, I can't, I, I have to do what the word of God says. I can't change it. That's the thing about the word of God that makes the devil so mad is he can't change the word of God. He's tried to manipulate it and tried to redirect it and all that, but he can't do it because God's word is forever settled. It is God's word. But what culture is doing today is that they've manipulated the word and tried to and they've changed the truth of God into a lie. You see, when you change the truth of God, it becomes a lie. You don't have to create a lie. Because if you change the word of God, you're cre it's a lie right then. All right? And Paul said they changed the truth. Jesus said to his disciples, I'm the way and I'm the truth. In other words, there's only one way. It is Jesus. It is not that I'm dogmatic. It's not that I'm not inclusive of other people. It's not any of that. It is, it is the word of God that says Jesus is the way. 
Doesn't matter what Buddha said. Doesn't matter what Muhammad says. It doesn't matter what, what Jehovah's Witness or Mormons or anybody else says. Jesus said, I am the way. Now you might say, well, pastor, that's a little bit hard and rigid and all that. But listen, if you want to get to heaven, if you want to get to the place that Jesus prepared, you gotta go by the author and the finisher of your faith. So I can't, I can't deviate from that. I know it's a little bit different tonight. But I think it's good. Listen, Jesus said in, in John chapter 8, verse 31, John chapter 8 and verse 31, Jesus said this, To the, he was speaking to the, to the Jews that believed on him. He said this, he said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Notice that key word there, if you continue in my word. If you continue in my word, if you continue to believe in my word, because it had just said the verse prior to that, he was talking to the Jews that had believed in him. And he said, if you will continue in what you just started, you will be my disciples indeed. And listen to verse 32, and you will know, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Understand this, that truth will bring freedom into your life. A lie will bring bondage. Truth will bring freedom into your life. One of the hardest things in the world for me when I was lost was to hear somebody tell me the truth. It's even hard now. And, and I, I consider myself as a born-again Christian. But listen, I've come to realize that I don't need to surround myself. I don't need a bunch of, uh, let me say, I don't need to surround myself with people that will always say, yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. I need people in my life that will say, no, no, no. That's the reason I like gray-haired people around me. Brother John, you got a little bit on the side, brother. You, you, you're all right. <laughs> because I want wisdom around me. I want people that have wisdom around me because I am prone to making mistakes. I'm prone to, to making wrong decisions and I want people around me that will, that will be honest with me and tell me the truth. Listen, I'm open to a lot of opinions. I might not go by all the opinions, but I'm open and I'll go on and leave that alone. Listen, truth brings freedom. The lie brings bondage. Truth brings brings redemption, and the lie brings destruction. So understand, 
the power of truth. Now, Jesus said, I am the life. It was not just a life that we live on this earth, but it is a life that Jesus said, an eternal life that he said would take place. But listen, life doesn't come without following truth. Life doesn't come without knowing truth. And truth will always lead you in the right way. All right? It will always lead you in the right way. Jesus said that. He said, I've come to give you life. I've come to give you abundant life. That's what he wants us to have, guys. That's what we've been talking about tonight, these testimonies that we heard earlier. That's, that's about life. That's about life. That's the awesome thing about God is he wants us to have that abundant life. The beauty of it is that we can get him here and we can have that joy and that peace and that comfort of knowing that we have relationship with him. We don't have to live in depression and oppression here. We can have that joy because we know that when life is over here, we just step from here to there. Amen. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, please? So here's the thing. There were three, three parts to that, the way and the truth and the life. Jesus talked about that there was, there was a wide road or a wide gate. And he said that wide gate, that wide road would lead to destruction. And then he said there's a narrow way, straight gate that leads to life eternal. So it's a choice of which way am I going to take. There's only two ways. There you either take the wide road that leads to destruction or you take the narrow road that leads to life eternal. So you see, I have to make a choice. God, I want to take the straight road. I, and, and what he meant by that straight, narrow road is that, that you're going to have to separate some maybe and, and, and you're not going to be able to do everything that the world might do because it's, 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 a, it's a narrow, it's a disciplined road that you're on. But it leads to eternal life. So I have to make a choice. God, which way do I go? And I want to follow that straight and narrow way. And as I follow that way, I understand that his truth will lead me and enable me to stay on the right road so that I can inherit that eternal life. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you that your word, Father, uh, 
as a guide, as a roadmap to us, Father. We thank you tonight that, Father, that we can we can read your word and we can uh, study your word and we, we can find the way. And, Lord, tonight, Father, I pray that, that all of us here tonight, God, that we would understand that, Jesus, you are the way and that we would commit ourselves to you, Father, and, God, that we would begin to walk in truth Father, that we would begin to obey the truth because we know that truth will bring freedom to our lives. Truth will bring redemption to our lives. And Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you for the life that is in you. Now, Lord, I just pray over this this congregation tonight, your blessings, your strength, and your encouragement. Father, I speak life over each one that's here tonight. God, I thank you for favor that you're showing to each individual here tonight. Lord, I bless them. I bless their families, their homes, in the name of Jesus. And Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.